Stop 5. West Door. Well, we walk on to the, what was the main island, and I would strongly recommend you to walk around the, the little wall mound, uh, first of all. Don't go in. Uh, control yourself and be patient and just imbibe the atmosphere and the tranquility of this lovely uh, spot. So walk around and come back then and stand in front of the, of the main doorway, the west doorway, as it is, of this Hiberno. Uh, Romanesque uh, little church. You have the main features of Irish Romanesque, that is the the west doorway that you see, and then inside we'll talk about the chancel arch lately. But what you have now in front of you is you have the high cross uh, and the west doorway. We have again a a Ledwidge print of about 1790 showing this scene of the west doorway. Again, we're fortunate that one of Ledwidge's uh, antiquities that he illustrates in his book is the the west doorway at Monahincha, showing the little church, uh, second church there, and of course the cross itself at at, at the time was much smaller. Uh, more about the cross in, in, in a moment. The the west doorway is really a beautiful piece of work. It's in typical three orders with all uh, decoration that is probably more suitable. Uh, to uh, manuscript than to, than to stone, and it's reckoned to be at the at the the later end of Irish Irish Romanesque. There's very little uh, animal features. In fact, not not on the doorway at all. There's another uh, print of O'Sullivan's picturesque tour of Ireland, 1824, which is, has taken a lot of artistic. Uh, sort of, uh, it, it, I don't think it was like uh, that. But on the doorway, to there was a, it was unusual uh, that there was an inscription or the pray for somebody, which is you can hardly hardly read it now. The other main feature you're looking at, of course, is the is the cross, which was a high cross, but it had lost its shaft at some time. And our sort of twentieth century um, contribution. To Mona Hinchy was to put a cement shaft for the for the cross. We can see the mason's hand of many centuries. You know, the cross base uh, itself uh, is probably earlier. Although Peter Harbison says there's no reason why it shouldn't be the same time as the cross itself. Uh, the the upper part of the cross, what what survives, is this clothed figure of Christ. Uh, you get the same thing on the cross in Ross Grace in Cronin's cross and the St Patrick's cross in Cashel. Interesting. This one has no figure on the other side. The other two um, have showing that probably bishops and their 12th century crosses. It's the time that we put uh, figures, main figures, on the on the cross. The decoration on the on the cross base is in no coherent narrative arrangement. Probably biblical uh, scenes. It's it's itself. The stone. One of the features about Monahincha, about the, the building. Now the main building. Forget about the adjunct or the the part that was added to the to the left. That's much later and we'll talk about that and on. But the stonework itself is superb. The mason's hand here is 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 superb. And it was our great fortune at one of the earlier Osprey conferences in 1992, I think it was, when we had Jim Kemi, who was then the mayor of Limerick. But Jim was also a stonemason by, by trade. And Jim spoke here at Monahincha about how they built the monastery, the stone uh, the way the, the way the stone was laid, and people still remark on it. You know, uh, this simple man. I mean, Jim was a very sophisticated scholar, but a very simple man itself. And he came with a red rose in his pocket, and incidentally, I gave him a present of wine and books to thank him for uh, for coming. And he spoke about the mason's hand here. In fact, one of the surprises of Monahincha 
is how the stone was carried across in open, uh, small canoes uh, fashioned out of out of trees. A new traveller through Ireland knew that was in 1812. He was absolutely astonished at the size of the stone. And if you ever ha- want to hear a mouthful, here's one for you. He said about the Abbey, the circumstances which excite inexplicable perplexity about its erection is how the ponderous material of which it is constructed be possibly conveyed across a morass almost inaccessible. Now, you can repeat that after me if you want. What he meant, of course, is how the bloody hell did he get the big stones across on, on that? Some people think that they waited for ice for a you know, cold, and they, we, we don't know. Anyway, the church itself is really uh, a beautiful piece of architecture. So why not go inside and we look at, we'd stand in the nave and look at the other details in there.